are back. Episode 47 of Eurobash, and as you can see, I'm completely healthy after that stag holiday I went on last weekend. My voice has been a little bit, we'll say, obscured by the events of the weekend, but I'm what, here to what, do it anyway. What's that from, Pete? I'd say it's just from singing and dancing and laughing my way through the night. <laughs> Possibly could could be something to do with the six hours sleep I had over the five days. But um, nonetheless, I'm here as always because I love you people. And I'm here to deliver the best. And that's exactly what we'll do. How are you, Noel McGrath? I'm good, man, yeah. I, I, I'm better than you by all accounts from the way you sound. But uh, you're, you're actually looking fresher than I expected. It's just your voice. Yeah, it's a pain in the arse, the voice. It's, it's so annoying. I'm the only one out of the whole lot of them. That voice is gone, and it's just God's way of ruining me because He knows I had to do my a voice. When I came my back. voice went after Porto as well. I I was staying on for a few days. Well, I was totally hoarse, same as yourself there. Yeah, it's I was basically whispering when I got off the plane yesterday. One of my mates was like, "Oh, we we have to book another taxi," and I was like, "Yeah, fine." He's like, "Why are you whispering?" And I was like, "No, that's me shouting. This is, is me shouting at you." <laughs> is your throat sore? No, it's actually all right. It's just annoying, yeah. as you can probably hear. Good, good El City is Prague. Yeah, it's beautiful. Three, so three. many sights and wonders. <laughs> Things that we saw over the weekend. <laughs> Fell in love with the city, really. Yeah, no, it's a cool place. Uh, you were telling me all about it. Like, you brought me back some of those brochures as well. Like, the, the yeah. places you saw, amazing. Amazing, yeah. Incredible. Me, beside all the historical landmarks. <laughs> the we were like, We were like, do you know that, that the coach trip when all the L lads and L ones on a yeah. bus? That's basically us for the week. <laughs> Nothing superlative whatsoever, yeah, of course. I, I'd imagine so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Let's look at these headlines. Woo! Did you, uh, where's the where's that music for the headlines? Yeah, well, we'll, we'll put it in. Did you not do that, no? I'd put it in. I can't. My back is killing me, McGrath. I, I can't put it in. My back is you're, killing me. Your back me. is killing you. Is from, right? from, from carrying me. Yeah, right, yeah, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah. it. Good one. Go on. Right, let's go. GSP closed the door on the Khabib fight. Direct quote. Being the best fighter in the world is not my priority anymore. That was with TSN, our good man, Aaron Bronstadter. What do you think of that? Do you take that face value? Is he done? Um, No. I don't think no, I can't no, I can't ever I can't, think anyone's doing I, I can't until he you know like GSP came back against Bisping um, totally out of the blue really I don't think anyone expects to come back it's true obviously relinquishes title after he beat Bisping so who knows the guy just comes back for big fights and big title fights and I'm not reeling that one out definitely not PT. Um Derek Lewis and Blagoy Ivanov are going to fight at MSG at UFC 244 in November yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a good fight for Blagoy, to be honest. Like, I know I, I probably favour Lewis, but I don't think uh, Blagoy is beyond that win, to be honest. He's a tough man, and he can bang. Yeah, it, it's one of those ones you can see going either way. You can see someone landing leather and knocking. Um, yeah. Could be earlier, it could be a bit of a slog, yeah. Yeah, Brunson getting his, or not Brunson, um, Lewis getting his ass kicked for three rounds, and then last three seconds, plants a bomb like Derek Lewis does, because his balls were hot. His balls are so hot, man. Uh, <laughs> Ukraine's Marina Morose is out of her August 17th showdown with Pollyanna Botella at UFC 20, 241. It's an unfortunate one for Marina to miss out on, but uh, undisclosed injury has forced her from the card. SBG's Brad Gatona will take on Hunter Azure, and Sergei Kandosko will take on the Brazilian highlight reel, Michael Pereira, who we saw defeat uh, Danny Roberts in his debut. That's going to happen at UFC Vancouver on September 14th. Also on that card, Marvin Vittoria stepped in to replace David Branch. He's going to take on Andrew Sanchez. Um, former KSW champion Ariane Lipsky will try to get her first UFC win when she takes on Priscilla Cachoeira at UFC Sao Paulo on November 16th. 
And one of my prospects of 2019 to watch out for, Carl Albrechtson, has signed for Bellator. I mean, that's a great move with their link with Ryzen there. He's obviously competed in Ryzen on a number of occasions, so I feel like that's a good shout. Uh, Carlo Pedersoli has announced that he has signed for Bellator after his three-fight stint with the UFC. I think that's another good move as well, given that Bellator is so prevalent yeah, in Italy, you know? definitely. Milan um, show announced. Yes, absolutely. Um, and just for that Milan show, actually, uh, Melvin Manoff will take on... Team Renegades, Yannick Bahati, Alessio Zakara will take on Kane and Gribsky, and Rafael Carvalho will make his light heavyweight de- debut against Vadim Nemkov. Um, that's all going down in Milan, as we said, on October 12th. So that's the news headlines. I probably missed a few because I was out of action. Um, some talking points, though, before we get on with the first interview of the day. Colby Covington, you were tweeting a lot about this over the weekend. Fantastic. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant fight, no doubt about it. Um has he gone too far with this Matt Hughes talk, I guess, is the uh, the um, line that a lot of people seem to be saying. It was quite shocking. Like when, yeah. when we were in the when we were in the we were in a tiny mm. bar watching it on phones at uh, the main event and um after it I got my phone and I saw Ariel's tweet where he said what Covington yeah. said and I passed it around the table and all the boys' jaws hit the floor. Um, you, you wonder though what Colby was that you know pre-rehearsed did he get a blessing beforehand to make a little bit of joke because Matt Hughes came out and posted something online very soon after you know he does play the heel, heel thing he's been a pro wrestler before um, you know he, he stumbled his words a little bit when he said MSG which was a bit cringe so you know it sort of says to me maybe he had a blessing for Matt Hughes I don't know this is me just obviously speculating but yeah you know if it wasn't um, a prior blessing it was a terrible terrible thing to say yeah, it, it's a terrible thing to say as well, but I, I saw some of the reaction, like people holding up Matt Hughes like he's this Jesus. Like, I mean, the guy, yeah, the guy had, from it. has a very patchy yeah. record um, away from the octagon, let's say. So, um, yeah, I, I didn't really... Yeah, okay, you shouldn't probably say something like that, but um, I don't think Matt Hughes is... Uh, yeah, but, like, other people have said stuff about, um, you know, other guys who've had records. I think it's just people are maybe getting themselves a little bit clouded with their judgment. Like, you know, even if you look at, uh, you know, what's his face fighting a couple of weeks ago, light heavyweight, uh, former NFL player. What's his name? You're Jeez. a big fan of his, Greg Hardy. Yeah, Greg Hardy. Yeah, you yeah. love him. Like, like, yeah, something like that. Him and Colby <laughs> are your favourite fighters. But listen, Colby, um, in terms of what he said, man, he's always looking for eyes. People were biting the bait again on Saturday night, tweeting. You should have seen it. And listen, the, the, you know, Colby Covington and Kamar Usman were trending here in Dublin that on was Twitter, deadly. Yeah. which was brilliant. Um, I just think it shows you how much interest this guy has gained and how much traction he has now at the moment. And listen, man, it's... You know, if you're taking this shit seriously, the Colby comes out and said, you're a bigger idiot, because that's yeah, what no, he wants like, you to do. It's I hilarious. S- like. I saw some people saying, like, can we stop talking about playing heel because this is MMA? But that's actually what he's doing. That's what he's doing, like, if you If you think this is what Colby yeah. Coven is like when he sees his mom and dad, you're mental. Colby's like. a great guy. Yeah. Like, I've shot him to, obviously, off air a lot of times. Tell us how you really feel, Noel. He did invite me to his ex party. No, listen to me. Um, you know, he's been in TNA before. He's actually competed in TNA with, mm. with a lot of the ATT guys. So, yeah, listen, make it what you want. You're you're a bigger clown if you're going to, um, you know, take all this um, personally and, and stuff. He's putting eyes on himself and he's done it. And you have the Trumps as well. Donald Trump tweeting about him and, and recall him But I can see this. Well. Pe- I can see, like, I, I saw Casey Lloyd and then some other people talking about it. People who are in US are going to have yeah. a way better understanding of the vibrations this is going to cause. I do feel that's going to be a Khabib McGregor sell. You know, a oh, controversy, yeah. you know, with everything that's going on with Definitely. the States, 
like this is exactly what we're talking about for a long time with Colby and and uh, Ferguson, Missouri native Tyron Woodley. We knew it was going to press a lot of buttons, and I think it's clear that uh, those buttons will be pressed, and maybe then we will be talking about yeah, okay, this has gone too far with the political um, structure that's in place in the United States, man. As you just said, there with Donald Trump, with all the people obviously um, hating against them, and and the, and the you know the. Um, accusations made against him and what kind of person he is. Yes, of course it will. I will put eyes um, on... Um, I'm not talking about putting eyes. I'm talking about, I'm talking about it stirring up a lot of emotions. Oh, yes, it will. It will. And I think that's why the eyes will be put on because the emotions have been stirred. Yeah, it's interesting enough. I actually saw Tommy Towhold, um talking about this. He isn't quite the draw that, you know, that we feel he is. You know, me and you talking about when we feel yeah. like he's getting these so many eyes. They compared his post-fight interview, which was huge, like really, which mm. felt big at the time, to uh, other interviews that happened this year, and it's still way below it. Where, you know? in terms of what, like, UFC's like, say, YouTube? Like, say, and... like, the big interviews of the year, Nunes, okay, Masvidal, yeah. all these people, he's like half of the traction that they're getting, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, so, well, like, well, so I still think it's a, it's a developing brand, you know? But um, I do feel I agree with you. If they make Usman and thing in New York yeah. at MSG, it'd be absolutely mental. And I think as well, as you said, there a bit of work in progress. I think you know you've Donald Trump, you've a son there, you've the two Trumps. Look sons. at the smile on your face when you mentioned Donald Trump's S- name. Sitting there, uh, massive fan of his as well. I'd say. Listen, um, the two sons were sitting there. The daughter was sitting there. When you've people like that going to your events, you've Donald Trump tweeting about it. Daddy is going to put eyes Are on you, you looking for an invite Definitely. to the White House? I am, of course I am. <laughs> Sounds like it. I'll go. All right, Chris Cyborg. <laughs> I'm not, I'm Chris Cyborg has been cut from the UFC. And to be fair, she admitted that her production team had falsified Dana's statement in the video release. And I knew that was something fishy about that because when you watch it, they have in brackets as in, oh, because I was lying. Yeah. And you don't see him say it. And I was like, that is a weird cut. That is a very strange cut to put yeah, words in his mouth is. like that. Um, and I'd say that's probably why he said, you know what, straw that broke the camel's back. These two have ser- have had serious problems since, yeah. de- since the get-go, since even before the get-go. So I think it's probably the best uh, thing to do. Let's get rid of it. Let's just go and go our separate ways. I think they were going to make the fight. And I think the reason why, you know, Dane is going to say things um, that he doesn't mean at times, as he said in that uh, piece. I think that's the, the part where... Um, he didn't say things he didn't mean. What I think he was he's saying, he goes, oh, I have to say things. To promote a fight. That's what he has doing. to say things to keep both sides happy, basically. Yeah. So sometimes he's not able to say, this is happening, this is what's happening. He's playing a weird but, balance. But I act. think she should understand, as a fighter, that a promoter sometimes has to say things that he doesn't mean in order to, to, promote things, a, yeah. to, to promote the fight. Um, so I don't see anything wrong with that. And I think her exposing that really obviously was the final nail in the coffin but, but, for both of them. Yeah, I, I don't think... I don't think it's fair to say that she should just understand it given the amount of shit that she's had with the UFC. Yeah, yeah. No, you know, I it's agree. not just like maybe if it was another fighter who's had never had a bad I issue agree. with them and it happened, then you could go, oh yeah, fair enough. I think she's going to be big business wherever she goes and I can imagine it's going to be Bellator that Julia Bud fight. Yeah, just- no, yeah, you'd imagine Bellator going to go after her now as you said there. But yeah, listen... You know, but I think it's I'm probably- disappointed. I would like to see the Nunes rematch. I would have. Yeah, would've. it would have been huge for Nunes and Soybar, but... These things happen, and to be honest, it's been such a mess. It's probably yeah, a, a it good has. thing. It has. It has been a mess. All right, let's move on to uh, our first interview of the day. I caught up with one of the breakout stars of the sport in 2019, the fighting pro of Sweden, Norway, and Scandinavia in general. It's Mr. Jack Hermansen, who takes on Jared Kahnir in the main event at UFC Copenhagen on September 28th. Great stuff here from Jack. And, uh, you know, we, we kind of said when this fight was announced, he'd been looking for a Gaslam or Romero. He comes off with a Kahnir. 
was he a bit annoyed about that? What do you well, think? I'd imagine so. Yeah, <laughs> I haven't heard the interview, but yeah, you would think so. But listen, as we said about Jared Carnier, you know, he went into Anderson Silva's backyard. Whether you like it or not, he he stopped Anderson Silva. I know yeah, but, it was, but it was without, injury. Without a doubt, Hermanson has everything to lose in that fight. You know? Yeah, he does. He does. But um, look, we got his thoughts. Uh, Jack was uh, very open as always. Gave us a great interview. So we'll be back in about fifteen. And now, as promised, we are joined by the man who is going to headline that UFC Copenhagen card at the end of September against Jared Cannonier, Mr. Jack Hermanson. First of all, Jack, how are you, my friend? Very fine, thank you. Had a great summer so far, and uh, yeah, getting ready to fight. Yes, and uh, of course, you're going to look to add to that amazing four-fight run you're on at the moment. Um, but, uh, you know, it makes perfect sense for you to headline this card. How happy are you that that's finally official? Now, I know we already knew it, but just to have that fight in place, it's only been uh, made official in the last week. Yeah, uh, it's great to have it official, you know, so we can uh, talk openly about it. And, uh, you know, there's been some buzz about it uh, since a while back. And, uh, you know, finally, uh, the fans are... Uh, know what they will get, you know, there will be a lot of talk to uh, if it's going to be me and Gaslam or, or whoever, but now now they know and uh, and uh, yeah, it's going to be great to, to headline a card uh, almost uh, at home. Yes, yes, and I was going to say that to you. Uh, you, you mentioned the fans there. At that UFC Stockholm Q&A, I was uh, taken aback by how much the fans had kind of uh, got behind you. I mean, you seemed to really yeah. resonate with them that day. Was that uh, a big moment for you, or are you used to that kind of thing? Or is it? do you think these wins have uh, kind of grown your status over there? Yeah, I feel definitely like uh, I have elevated this... Uh uh, as a uh, you know uh, fighter and uh, fan, fan favorite, and I, I feel like uh, the, the Scandinavian uh, uh, fans are uh, really getting behind me, and uh, I, I think they will have my back all the way now uh, when we continue to rise. Yes, yes, and of course, uh, Alexander Gustafsson uh, recently retired. So I mean, the pressure is even more now, right? You're going to have yep. to. Uh, <laughs> you, you've got big <laughs> boots to fill. Yeah, I feel great to be in that position, you know, like uh, uh, Alex has been a great ambassador for the sport here and, uh, uh, you know, it's really important that we get uh, uh, someone else to, to uh, fill his uh, shoes and, uh, you know, to, to to continue to make the MMA fans uh, here happy. So I'm happy to be that person. Were you shocked by that? I mean, it, it, it took me by surprise, to be honest. Um, like, were you shocked by that um, when he retired after that UFC Stockholm fight? Um, I wasn't super surprised, but it still, you know, I felt it. I, I, I really like. Uh, I, I felt sad, sad, you know. He has, he has really been uh, a big star over here, and uh, he's been uh, a great inspiration for so many, you know. And uh, uh, so. so um, it was a sad moment uh, in a way, but I wasn't shocked by it. You know, he has been expressing in the last couple of years that uh, his motivation has been a little bit uh, up and down. And uh, I think, you know, he, he really had uh, John Jones in his head. And uh, and uh, when that wasn't the case anymore, you know, uh, no, I wasn't surprised. Do you think it's going to remain, though? Because as we know in MMA, they seem to change their minds very quickly when they retire in this yeah. game, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, but I, I'm not sure, but Alex feels like really one of those guys that uh, can enjoy himself 
uh, away from the crowd and away from the attention, you know. He's a loner and uh, I think he will enjoy himself. But uh, you never know, you know. He, uh, have you been uh, a, like a competitor? Uh, then you will always miss that. Uh, so you never know. Absolutely. Now, I, I wanted to ask because the last time we were speaking to you, Jack, you were kind of telling us that, you know, Gasolum or Romero, they were the ideal candidates yeah. for you. Those are the guys you wanted to fight. Um, you know, Cannonier, of course, is on a good run. Um, he, he's gathered momentum quickly in the division. But were you hoping to get one of those guys? Were you hoping for a bigger name for this fight? Yeah, for sure. You know, it- I have to, you know, uh, but uh, in the end of the day, I want to stay active, you know, and I want to headline this card. Uh, and uh, when they couldn't get me Gaslum, and I knew that uh, Romero is is booked booked with Costa, uh, then I was just like, who who, who is the next one? Mm. And they they told me that uh, yeah, you will get Canonier, and uh, so. Uh, yeah, you know, he's a dangerous opponent and uh, and uh, a lot of people, you know, especially the fans are telling me, why are you doing this, you know? <laughs> Instead of like, yes, great, we'll have you in Copenhagen. People are just like, you shouldn't take this fight. <laughs> yes, um, because he, he's got a lot to gain, right? When you look at your yeah. situation and um, Jared's uh, done great now since he's moved to middleweight, but it, it still feels as though you're kind of in di- different situations, whereas you are knocking on the door of that title contention. Yeah. And, and you know, um, to be fair to, to Cannonier, he's just kind of arrived, right? Yeah, exactly. So we're definitely in di- different positions, but, um, you know... Uh, I wanna, I wanna show everybody that uh, I am the best and I, I can beat anyone. You know, he shouldn't be able to beat me um, uh, if I feel like I'm the best in the world, which I do. So, uh, yeah, I will have to show everybody that uh, I will take care of business, and uh, yeah, that, then then uh, I think uh, it's my turn again to uh, to get a big one. Yes, yes, and I mean, I, I saw that uh, Gastelum, he spoke to my colleague Damon Martin at the, the very end of June, and he yeah. had kind of said he, he wanted to fight you, but it couldn't be until November in Madison Square Garden, so I'm wondering, yeah. is that just too long for you to wait, or you could you just not pass up main eventing a, a fight in Denmark? Because I know you, Jack, and I know you would have really wanted to compete on that card, you know? Yeah. And you have yeah. a problem turning down fights, let's be honest. You never yeah. turn down fights. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's uh, that's uh, you know I don't like to turn down fights, <laughs> and, and, uh, and uh, also uh, the UFC, uh, you know, they they need the main, main event there. So uh, and you know, uh, as I said uh, before, I, I want to be that 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 guy in Scandinavia that uh, uh, that has that place. So. Uh, and I also, you know, I think it's beneficial for me to to get another main event to build my name, you mm-hmm. know, and and get even more recognition from uh, uh, from the worldwide uh, UFC fans because uh, I think that's also important uh, for the UFC that they, you know, before they throw me in uh, or give me a, a title shot, uh, I, I think they want to, you know, be able to to make a big fight and. Uh, to be able to do that, uh, it's it's important that uh, you know uh, I, I yeah the the fans all, all around the world know who I am. So yes, uh, I think it's a it's a good thing you know to have a main event to to continue to build my name and uh, uh, and get ready for that uh, big title shot. 
you know, um, I and, and as I said, I know the kind of guy you are, and I know that you you like to fight as often as possible. I know it's yeah. something you're working on. You're trying to be a bit more selective, a bit more yeah. cautious. But uh, you know, I'm wondering if if you come out of this fight unscathed, would you like yeah. to uh, get on that MSG card against Gaslam if it was a possibility? Huge venue, mm. very iconic, but it is a very very quick turnaround. Yeah. I can already hear the wheels going in your head. You're already going, I think I can do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, not impossible at all, at all you know. But um, We will see, you know. The, the, the thing is that I think that uh, Romero and Costa is going to fight before that. Uh, they're going to fight like in August, aren't they, right? Right, right, right. And then, the, yeah, yeah. Then I, yeah, okay. Yeah, so... Depending on how that goes, you know, uh, there the, the might not be another, you know, uh, another guy besides me to to step in there for for the next uh, title challenge after this one, anyway. So so we'll see. Yes. Um, so, but but um, if not, you know, uh, yeah, I would love, love to fight in Madison Square Garden against Gaslam. That would be a great fight, but. Um, yeah, we'll see. It's it's uh, yeah, of course. Uh, a lot has to happen, right? Like a lot. Yeah. We have we have to wait and see how it plays out to some extent because this yeah. this sport it changes so quickly, right? Yeah, there's so, so many so many things uh, happening now. You know, but Romero Costa fight and then then uh, Izzy and uh, and Withergirl are on October sixth, uh, right? Yeah, exactly. The week the week away. after. What do, what do you think of that one? I mean, do you do you have a pick for that fight? Yeah, I have Whitaker as a favorite, but it's a tough fight for for both guys. Uh, they are they are awesome, awesome fighters. So looking forward to see how that one plays out. And uh, yeah, do you believe the the person who wins the title that night that will be the person that you you eventually fight for the belt? I think so. Yeah. So you are going to be very so. interested watching that one. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> You know, that's what it's about for me. It's uh, it's all about that uh, the big title, that gold. That's uh, that's my dream, and uh, that's uh, where I keep my eyes. You know, do you do you believe that you can make um, a big statement here? Because we see it so often, Darren Till in Liverpool, uh, Conor McGregor in Ireland. You know, yeah. just when you have, and I know it's not exactly home. It's not it's not Norway or Sweden, but yeah. you know, they, you guys are you guys all kind of support each other over there. That's something I've yeah. noticed. Like, do you feel as though if you put on another spectacular performance, like you have been against the Cannoneer, and they see what you mean to the people over there, that will that will be a big moment for your career? Do you believe this could be one of the bigger moments of your career? Yeah, I really believe so, and uh, I feel like uh, um, the performance in itself is gonna be very important to what what happens next. You know, if it's gonna be a really dominant victory that you know um, really goes viral, uh, that's what you prefer, and that will lead to to the big, biggest uh, things. So that's what I'm going for. Well, well, I I can't wait to see it. Are you um? Have you? I was just wondering. Did you um? Did you notice that there's a Bellator card on in Europe that weekend as well? There's one going down in Dublin. I mean, some people over here are talking about can Bellator kind of win over some of the support that weekend? It's got some of their yeah. bigger names, MVP and James Gallagher and stuff. Do you do you feel as though the brand is strong enough to compete with UFC at this stage yet? I'm not sure about the numbers in the last live event in the 
that, that they had here in Europe. So mm. uh, I think that will be uh, a pretty good uh, uh, way to yeah indicator to to measure. Mm. Um, but uh, then again, the UFC didn't fight, uh, wasn't in the same time uh, as Belton last time. So uh, I, I believe so. Um, but no, you know, I don't think that's going to be, be a problem. I think uh, the major, majority of the tickets are already sold out, so people are not going to change the plan. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, I agree, I agree. And uh, great to see um, some other Scandinavian fighters on the card, uh, including Nicholas Dalby making his return and, and yeah, Gunnar Nelson. super happy for Nicholas, you know. He, he's been a friend of mine for many years, and... Uh, and uh, he really is a great fighter, so he, he, he deserves the spot, and I'm sure he's going to do great. Well, Jack, thank you so much for talking to us again. It's always a pleasure. Um, I, I am aware that the last time we had a conversation about will you take this fight if this wins, that was when you beat David Branch, and then if, just a couple <laughs> of weeks later you went on and fought uh, uh, Hanalo Sosa. So uh, I think yep. it's, a, it's a good omen to bring into the fight card anyway, and um, I wish you all the best, my friend. Thank you so much. Thank oh. you for having me again. Always a pleasure to talk to you. Thanks, Jack. All the best. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. And it was great to speak to Jack Hermanson again. Huge fight there in Copenhagen for him now at the end of September. Massive. Big one. Massive. He doesn't seem to think that uh, Bellator Dublin can compete with the L Copenhagen card. Maybe there's a lot more interest in Ireland, but uh, I think I agree with him in terms of Europe in general, you know? Yeah. Interesting one, I think. Um, no, man, I think the... You know, the Bellator looking at the card in Dublin. Um, this card's a bit more stacked. Um, Which one? Which card? This Bellator card that's coming to Dublin. Compared yeah, see, to the you, last you have one a different, You have a different scope. No, because, I'm not talking about online traction and stuff like that. Yeah, I know, but it's a different scope because you write for an Irish publication. Yeah. So, I mean, of course, more people are going to... Yeah, 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 maybe. Yeah, yeah. But I thought, you know, the Bellator numbers even from the stuff Bellator put out the last time were, were pretty high. So, that'd be, it'd be interesting to see. It will be, it will. Um, well, let's take a look at the Europeans that are in action for us. We'll get on to Colby and the rest of that later. Um, he was on the podcast last week, and we were already singing his praises, but my word, Nazra Hakparas, what a performance. He, that boy can fight, man. He Looks like he wants that McDessie fight. He was initially meant to fight, I think, back in March. Old teammates. I think that's a good fight for him, to be yeah, honest, man. He's a banger. He's so well, heavy hands. You know, we said it a long, long time ago about Hakparas that we both think he's the potential to be a world champion, and I think that underline and solidify what the guy can do in terms of that power, that overhand right. He's just bringing different facets every time to his game. Um, stunning performance from him again. And a guy, I think now, um, this year and the next 12 months, they're going to have to seriously start looking at it, giving him a little bit of a, a, a bigger push because this guy is an absolutely phenomenal athlete. And as what you said... 23 um, years of age, as you pointed out last week. Yeah. Um, as what you said last week as well about Frost Zahabi saying to you in Hamburg that this guy's a world champion. Um, in the making, and I think um, you know he's he's all the right tools to do it. So I'm very excited to see what he does in the next twelve months. Definitely, it's funny, right? And this happens a lot with Eurobash because we are the championship builders, as we know. Yes, they do a interview with us. I put out the interview before they fight. They Everybody's fight. going, "Who the fuck is that guy?" And then the next day when they win, they're like, "I've been talking about this guy for years." <laughs> These are fucking dopes. <laughs> Jesus Christ, it wrecks my head. Ah, so sure, stupid. Yeah, always happens. Always happens. Yeah, fuck him. Oh, so so fickle. But um, yeah, um, no, this guy, he's class. He's brilliant, and I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing what he can do. And 23. That's, what game Silva? What game Silva has been defeated once before that in his career? Like, and you know, I, I just think. But you know, the, age, the, the, the age is scary. Yeah, it is. It is scary. Like you, you give that guy 
another five years before he even hits his prime. But did you see, did you notice how he basically just didn't do much for the first round, just basically went, oh, I'm going to read this, read this, and and look, Silva's an intimidating guy to fight, he's throwing loads of things, everything at you, and it was just like he walked down in the second round, he's like, all right, now I've got to read. Mm. Bang. And I think as well, another thing, he doesn't take any fucking damage as well, which is, you know, beautiful face. very little damage. So What a handsome, handsome man. He's doing everything the right way, definitely. He is indeed. Um, Darko Stosic, look, he's, he's after taking two big blows, as far as I'm concerned, to his stock now. Low kicks cost him the fight. He's kicking up against a really tall dude. I get it. It was bound to happen. Mm. But when the referee specifically says to you, mate, you have to stop doing this, this is... Gonna call basically telling them you're gonna ruin yourself here. Continues to do it. I just can't get over that yeah. lack of IQ. Um, you know he, he's lost he's lost momentum now. Two losses on the trot, and I was saying after his debut against Kimball, he flatlined Kimball in the first yeah. round, and now he just looks like a guy that's too muscular and too short to compete as, at light heavyweight. And as you said, there a guy who's run out of ideas and uh, you know poor IQ, as you said, and. You know, it does happen sometimes when they when guys get a, get a loss, even in a promotion or you know the first loss of their career. We we often talk about that and how they bounce back psychologically. He could be very damaged after that. So it's it just like very look, interesting. I think um, like I even was there with my friend Steve Mort. He's a he's a great personal trainer. He's he's ripped like and um, as ripped as you. No, but you know, not. don't be silly. But he's like he'd be quite a squat guy as well, like really muscular. Not like not probably the same height as me. And he was just looking at him, going like that's not an, like it's not an athletic shape. Yeah, you know, he's yeah. just like this guy is sauced after one round, and you could see that like mm. he was kind of looking desperate as soon as the first round finished, and he didn't get a finish. Like and the thing that annoyed me about it is Kenny and Juku wasn't even showing him anything crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And you're just like, are you serious? Yeah. This is it? Like, um, look, I thought he was one of the most terrifying prospects at 205. Um, him and Rakic, I kind of had them in a similar regard at one stage. And look, mm, it's completely yeah, it's changed now. now. Rakic is flying. Way better. Yeah. This guy really needs to work on a lot of things, and he needs to consider his future at light heavyweight. As far as I'm concerned, um, Mickey Gall just about got through uh, Poland's Tuari. Um, bit of a face plant with that Diego Sanchez call. Nice burp there, by the way, again, Noel. Thanks very sorry, much. Absolutely I'm drink, I'm, disgusting. I'm drinking a bottle of Coke. Back is here. killing me. Um, Mike Perry, um, giving him a bit of shit, probably changed the narrative from that Diego call out a bit. But what is your take on Gal? I think, you know... I feel like he's dropped off a lot, right? Oh, yeah, he's dropped off a huge amount. <laughs> Jesus. No, let's be honest about it. Like, he has. He came in with all his hype because he but, was but, fighting but CM say, Punk. And... One thing I will say, he was rushed to the UFC. Yeah, he was. Yeah, and, I you know, you're, you're going to take that opportunity against a guy like CM Punk. And uh, obviously, the fight against it, it was Mike Brown or... Uh, sorry, Michael Jackson or whatever his, his name is. I can't remember the the, the former MMA writer that Mike he fought. Mike Jackson, yeah. To, to to face CM Punk, but yeah, he's lost a lot of momentum. Obviously, he had that loss to um, Sage, was it? Was it the Sage loss? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and then he just he just hasn't really built on from a guy who's obviously very good in the deck. We haven't seen any evolution in his game, and I'm just I'm just a little bit sort of perplexed to see his trajectory go up so high and then down. And no one really cares when Mickey Gall fights anymore. If we're honest about it, yeah. like you know, it doesn't stick off the card like it did in the first couple of fights. And like calling out Diego Sanchez is hardly like, one that everyone's yeah. going to be like, oh my God, I can't wait to see that. I couldn't give a shit and I don't want to see it. Like, that's how I feel about that, to be honest with you, Mickey. Good and man. <laughs> like, you know, he's a nice guy. You've met him over in, in London. Decent fella, decent skin. But God, man, you know, Diego Sanchez. If you're calling out Diego Sanchez, where do you really want to go in your career? We uh, watched this on a series of phones, as I was saying. In a yeah. bar. We went to one bar. 
25 English lads locked out our minds and I was like if we stay here this It'll is gonna fight. this is gonna get <laughs> fucking ugly the UFC in Prague all over again so we eh? went outside and we just said right let's move on went down to the next pub bunch of like 50 year old English lads outside and as soon as we walk in they start going I was like alright let's go somewhere else <laughs> ended up watching it on our phones <laughs> but uh, yeah all the boys reckon uh, Mickey Gal looks like Matt Dillon and there's something about Mary he which does I a little bit actually funny. yeah he does doesn't he I was pissed myself yeah laughing. that's not a bad comparison at all actually think for lads who could barely see in front of their noses I thought it was a pretty good shout out listen in all fairness to Mickey just wrap this up uh, you know obviously very very good on the deck but you, you just wonder how far he's going to go he hasn't really evolved an awful lot um, you know, just lacking a bit of interest for me at the moment. Yeah, I agree with you. I love his entrance music, though, I must say. Um, yes, and then we, of course, we had Anthony Shevchenko getting her first career submission win with that rear naked choke of Czech Republic's news he put it over. Um, what do you think of that, Noel? Yeah, no, I wasn't particularly happy about it. I thought it was, um, you know, he checked a couple of times and then you know, stop the fight. I, I think when he checked the hand twice, he should have realised that her hand was limp and she was out. I just wasn't happy with the time between he checked the first hand and the time she was out. It was probably about seven to eight seconds. And um, just, you know, a little bit more decisiveness in a decision I'd, I'd like to see from the official on that occasion. I thought he was very thorough. And I feel like, which way do we want it, right? Because everyone's given out about Herb Dean and uh, doing the, uh, the Robbie Lawler and Askren. And if he had have used the same protocol on Askren and, and Robbie, he, we may have had a fight continue. I think uh, you're right in the stretch that like the time is what everyone's worried about, but it's a different story, I think, when someone's caving your head in with elbows and punches, just in terms of the damage you can do to someone. And I feel like maybe when he checks the, the, the left hand twice at the start, I think he even kind of doubts that what he's seeing is real because he's like, maybe she's posting on this fist at the moment and or, or just moved to post on it and that's why... It's stuck to the ground. Goes over to the other side and checks it. Yeah, it is long, and um, but that's, that's my concern. Is is the length? Yeah, I get it, but I mean, I don't, I don't think we should call him for the guy's head. Not, I don't think you are calling for the guy's head, but I did see people like, and I feel like it's just the age of outrage. Now we're just gonna keep on crying every time we see anything <laughs> slightly wrong. Such moany fuckers. But um, someone is in a fucking rage today. But that I'm a rage. I'm, I'm, a, I'm criticizing. I'm, in a cage. I'm, I'm, I'm criticizing the need for the media to be outraged by something every but single. But it's not. Event. I'm not. I'm not outraged. You're not. At all, but a lot of people were. Yeah, a lot of people. Yeah, I, yeah. Never let him referee yeah, again. No, yeah, that's bollocks. Has he never seen a rear naked choke before? It's all that's bullshit. Um, you know, you learn lessons from these. Last things. week it was let's fire Joe Rogan. Do you that, know what I mean? Like, that, come that, on, that was absolutely appalling. By the way, and people should be ashamed of themselves um, for putting that at John Anik and Joe Rogan. Have to fire someone absolutely every rubbish. week. That's the way we're um, at now with this. And then, actually, just to mention that Laura Sanko was getting death threats um, after the weekend as well. So you're an absolute disgrace. Whoever death was threats. putting that out, yeah. Um, she posted on her Twitter there last night. Absolutely disgusting animals. You shouldn't even be, you know, is that for real? The sport, yeah. She Boy, what did you Twitter. do? I don't even know. Um, just unbelievable. Just her job, probably. I think it was their interview with Dana White. After just shocking, man. Absolutely shocking. She works like for the that. UFC, guys. Come yeah. on, um, un- unbelievable. So that's crazy. I can't believe that. Yeah, man. yeah, yeah. And Laura's Laura's a lovely girl, as we as we know. And I, it's like that's totally unacceptable to be posting shit like that to, to people threatening them and like the, and, and their family. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Cra- that is crazy. Yeah. Um, Brazilian by way of London, Claudio Silva increases run to fourteen straight wins with um, a first-round sub over Cole Williams. And, I mean, we've said this before. It, it's shocking how much better he is than guys when he hits the ground with them. Like, I mean, he is his, his uh, 
three fights ago, like his last win is over. Like I mean, three fights ago, he had, he beat Leon Edwards. Should I say? Yeah, um, it was, unbelievable. It was it was you know this guy. If it wasn't for his injuries. And he had this streak. There'd be a lot of people talking about him now, or there'd be a lot of people crying to be talking about him now. You know, two, three, four years out, I think it was. Very unfortunate. But look at the momentum he's put together when he, he's had like a year of three fights. It's yeah. it's scary. This guy, man, is so good. Um, so good when he gets on the deck. Let's just hope he can keep this run up and, you know, get his just desserts because he was out for those four years and, and put a run together because... Listen, the guy is basically English anyway. We can call him European, I think, at this stage. <laughs> yeah, I was actually trying to cold uh, text him. Joe, when you're just like getting onto <laughs> yeah, their Instagram. What's the crack? How are you doing, man? I'm really important. Will you talk to me? <laughs> no message back. But um, yeah, um, let's talk about uh, Colby again. We talked yeah. about a bit. Uh, the, the, the Usman fight is the one that has to happen. It has to, like the way they've positioned them there afterwards, it yeah, has absolutely. to happen, right? Uh, yeah, don't, you know, Dana said it, which doesn't mean an awful lot these days, as we well know, but very interesting, in my opinion. Um, because I think Colby was coming at one point like the Tony Ferguson of the lightweight division where, mm. you know, how many more fights does he have to do you in said order that to last get a, week, yeah. a title shot? And, you know, this is this is undeniable now, especially after that performance. You know, the most shots thrown um, in a UFC His contest was ever was incredible. 520 strikes, I believe, he threw in the fight. Averaged one every 2.38 seconds, I think it was, something like that. Crazy. Mental. Absolutely brilliant. And, you know, he doesn't have the biggest power on his hands, but it's just Robbie Lawler didn't know what to do in terms of the volume that he was thrown at him. He kept him guessing. Uh, he threw the odd kick in there, stepped back to reassess things. It was a really cool, calm, calculated performance. And the most impressive thing for me about this performance was the fact he suffered a cut four weeks ago yeah. in training, and he actually couldn't wrestle or spar. All he was doing was, was was physical fitness. And it just shows you how fit the guy is. That guy looked like he could have gone for another three or four rounds, dude. I think it's going to be a really interesting fight because I was outstanding. Like, I couldn't believe my jaw hit the ground yeah. when Cameron Usman fought Tyron Woodley, the way he fought uh, Tyron. And I, I feel like both of these guys are going to put on a really energetic it, fight. And look, as much as I said earlier in the first segment yeah. of the show that it's going to store up emotion, you have to make this fight if you're the UFC. 100%. have to make this 100%. fight. 100%. And I, I'll tell you... Another thing as well, and I want to actually ask you this. You know, a lot of people I saw, oh, you know, Robbie didn't look good. It was a, it was a matter of, uh, you know, I saw that all over. The you have a lad online. punch you in the face 100 times in five minutes and see how you feel. Exactly. That's my point here where I'm trying to get across. I think it was the fact that Covington was just so good that he didn't let Lawler do anything in terms of the volume, as we just talked about there. What what would your, your thoughts be on, on people saying shit like that? I, I don't go along with that at all. Um, well, when he fought Askren, everyone was saying, you just denied Robbie fought way better. And now he's shite all of a sudden, yeah. as far as the, this fan base think. Unbelievable. Um, <laughs> look, R- Robbie said after the fight, like uh, they were kind of saying, a lot of people are, are talking about your output, Ro- output Robbie, etc. And he was just like, man, you try and fight that guy. He's trying to punch it in the face a million times. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like His output was crazy. And you could see Robbie in the last round, he's trying to get Colby to give him, to give him something. Like he's rocking back and forth. Yeah, yeah, just yeah, throw yeah. something a bit off center, something so I can catch it. He just wasn't allowing him to, to breathe. Yeah. To- it was unbelievable. Totally. And uh, the composure as well was fantastic. You know, never panicked once, got tagged a couple of times. Just a thoroughly um, impressive performance, PT from um, Colby Covington. And, you know, if they don't make this fight, they're a bunch of total and utter assholes, um, in my opinion, because it certainly needs to happen. In yeah. you know Madison Square Garden as well. You know, no brainer if they can put on a you know a mega card there with you know maybe Habib if the if the turnaround's quick enough. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, 
Jim Miller, I just wanted to say something about Jim. That was unbelievable. That guillotine, yeah, like a guillotine isn't something that you can catch a lot of people with, with unless you're like a master of it, you know what I mean? And to do with the clay guida, unbelievable. Guida threw his head in very sloppily though, but it was, you know, excellent um, astute awareness from Jim Miller to grab his head and, uh, and, and obviously put the guillotine in. Um, but I was a little bit surprised that that guida went in where he did so he yeah. shot in between his arm a perfect posi- position that's day one jiu-jitsu you're not meant to that's, yeah. you can't take down with your head on the outside so um, yeah surprised at, at uh, Clay Gita um, you know really good stuff from Miller and, and the guy you know f- for a guy who used to have you know Lyme's disease and shit like that just the just turnaround is just incredible and and uh, you know a real a real sort of feel good story for uh, for Jim Miller and his home state as well of, uh, of New Jersey absolutely let's get on with our um, second interview of the day it is Mr. Johnny Walker and ESPN have just reported that, that that fight with Corey Anderson is on the verge of being signed. So we got his thoughts on all of these wonderful things and how he feels about being an Irishman all of a sudden since he popped up in SBG last week, because that's what we think he is. So we'll Sunny talk to Johnny <laughs> We'll we'll talk to Johnny Walker when we we'll be back at about fifteen. And now we are joined by a man who everybody in Ireland has been talking about, a guy who spent the week here training in SPG, I believe, and a man who is reportedly about to fight Corey Anderson at UFC 244 in New York. It is one of the most entertaining fighters in the world, Mr. Johnny Walker. How are you, my friend? I'm okay, my friend. How are you? I am fantastic now that I'm talking to you. Um, I must ask you first of all, because I know all of our Irish listeners are going to want to know, how did you enjoy Ireland? It's very good. My first Guinness two days ago, and I enjoy it. Very, very, like, very, very nice place, good weather. It's not too cold like like I think it should to be, but nice. I like I like her. Yeah. Well, I gotta ask Johnny because um, it's the talk of the world, the MMA world today. Um, ESPN have just reported that um, you and Corey Anderson's fight for UFC 244 is in the works. It seems like it's going to happen. Are you confident that it will happen? Of course, uh, I can't wait to fight again. And after my surgery, you know, like five months ago, no fight, no nothing. I come to like. I fight like three three times in I think four months or less. Do you know like I like to be very active. Then I stop myself for the last five months. Now I'm back and I can't wait to fight again. Yes, and I mean it, it seems like it, it's a great fight for you because Corey believes he's right on the verge of fighting for a title. You have been saying for a long time that you are ready to fight for a title. Do you believe that he is the man that can unlock the door for a title shot for you? No. Nobody can lock no door for me. No, unlock. He is the one that will allow you. If you win, uh, you will go through to fight for the title. I don't know. I hope so. If not, I will keep beat somebody. Don't know. Anyone, anytime, anywhere. Just send the location. I'll be there. Um, do, do you respect Corey? Do you believe um, that he is an elite light heavyweight because he has made so many improvements? He has been looking very good lately. What do you think of him? Yeah, he's good, but if I want to be a champ, I don't have two words with him. I have two words with the champ. I have to beat the champ. I have to be ready for beat the champion. You know, If I'm ready for the champion, I'm ready to, for him as well. Yes. Anyway. Yes. And I mean, what what do you think is um, th- the biggest challenge if you fight Corey? Where do you feel he is strongest? <clears throat> I don't know. 
I have to be there to feel because we never fight and every fight is different fight. I think he's a he's strong and have good wrestler, but he, everybody know everything to today, you know. And you have to be ready for any situation, any techniques and like box or Muay Thai or wrestler or jiu-jitsu. You have to to be ready because to don't be surprised in the if it happens something wrong, you know. Yes, yes. Um, does it mean a lot to you to fight in Madison Square Garden? Is that an exciting thing for you? Yeah, of course. I I, I don't feel pressure in no fighting nowhere. You know, for me, I feel like home everywhere where I am, and I just will be very very happy. Do you, like I mean, you've put this incredible run together, Johnny. All first round knockouts: Khalil Roundtree, Justin Ledet, Misha Serkinov. Um, do you, do you believe like you? Corey could, Anderson. Yes, yes. Do you believe this is what's going to happen to Corey Anderson? <laughs> yeah. If not, I can submit him or win by point. I think I, I need show because everybody think I'm have no good ground game or no good wrestling. Man, I train everything. You know, I'm brown belt, BJJ, and I train a lot of wrestlers as well. I'm red. I just don't have time to show my, my, my whole game. I don't need I don't need to show my whole game as well. It's, it's good to people think I don't have nothing, you know, no, no good grounds game, no wrestling or something like this. It's good to people think like this because I don't have to show. When I show, I will surprise somebody, you know. Yes, yes. And that's very exciting because you have looked amazing uh, when standing up so far. So, I mean, to think that you believe you are just as good on the ground, that's a very exciting thing for fans to look out for. Yeah, of course. I think maybe, maybe I have to show something in the ground as well to to people to people who like more me. You know, I have a lot of things to show. I show nothing yet. Wow, wow. And I mean, it, it feels like to me that if you won this fight, I think the John Jones fight is very likely. And and John Jones has been a guy who has said, I think Johnny needs to fight better guys. There's nobody beyond like really. Corey is the next guy, and then there's John Jones. So. I believe this is the right guy to fight if you are looking for that championship belt. Yeah, I, I, w uh, I don't know what John Jones will say after this fight because I heard he say I need 25 minutes before I'm read to him. If if every fight that I make supposed to like one minute, I need then 25 fights because if I finish all of the fights in the first minute, I don't know. I don't know what he waits, but I'm read to him. You know, what What do you think of John? Like, I mean, a lot of people seem to think that he didn't look that good against your fellow Brazilian, Thiago Santos. But I think Thiago just looked very, very good that night. What did you think of that fight? Yeah, I was there. I watched this fight. And it's a great fight. John Jones respects Thiago and Thiago respects John Jones, you know. Uh, but I think, you know, John Jones have a very good control game. And he just don't want to risk himself. For the fight because he knows Thiago have a good hand that he can have power to knock out him as well but Thiago have injury in his knee both knee very bad injury you know he got a, a lot of surgery and John Jones needs like five minutes to beat one guy with a lot of injury you know he can do better I know I know John Jones he can do better than this this because I want to fight him because I know we, I can give him the proper fight then I then I will push him to fight better to show who is John John. Then everybody will see who is the real champion. 
Yes, and I mean, like, the, uh, the one thing I thought was impressive about the fight with Jones was he did stand with Thiago. That's where Thiago was very strong in the stand-up. Yeah. But do you feel like he would stand with you? Because your, your striking is so unpredictable and you're so powerful. Do you believe that John would be forced to take you down because you are <coughs> just so powerful and, and so um, so unorthodox? It's very hard to predict what you are going to do. Maybe I, I think he's down as well. Mm. If he take me down, I can take his down and give you a, a proper ground game. You know, nobody, nobody uh, give to him like uh, I don't know how to say when people punishment, punishment in in, in the ground. You know, I can give to him a very push, big punishment in the ground. Yes, yes, and I mean. Um... You know, it, I heard, I was speaking to my good friend and, of course, the greatest Brazilian MMA journalist, Guilherme Cruz. He told me that you might be preparing for this fight in Moscow. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I will train for the next 10 days in Dublin, you know, to, to restart, train like strong, to feel how my shoulder is going, you know, mm. and be ready for start my camping training in Russia, maybe. Well, wow. I will start. Yeah, maybe I finish in in New York as well. But in New York, just cut my weight in, in techniques. But yeah, I look for training hard in Moscow, Russia. We have seen you represent many countries. You've represented Thailand. You've represented the UK. You've represented Brazil on your shorts and on your t-shirts. Do you? Will you? Will you maybe represent Moscow this time? I mean, Russia. If you do train in Moscow for this fight. Yeah, if I make my country there, of course I will put the Russia flag in my in my in my clothes. Wow, wow! And you you have such a crazy story of of how you came to the UK. I know Guilherme put out the article a, a long time ago about you traveling to Scotland and stuff like this. I mean, a lot of uh, the European fans feel a very close bond to you. Do you realize that a lot of people nearly see you as a European? They cheer you on like one of their own. Yeah, I'm here. I like to because you know. I, I think I can use the fight MMA to make everybody come close, you know, to 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 make a, like a big team to different nationalities, everybody together to 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 share for 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 the same sports, you know. Mm. It's a big family, like. I know uh, it would be very exciting for Irish fans if we saw you wearing the Irish flag one day. Do you think you'll ever do a camp in SBG? Of course, I can make one camp there as well and use wow. the, the, the Irish flag. I will be very proud. We we would love that. We would love that, Johnny. Everybody would be very excited. You know, on on the podcast you are on right now, we've been calling you Irish for many, many uh, years. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that it's would nice, be very cool. Nice. Um, if, you don't make, if you don't make my camp in Russia, I will make my camp in here. Fantastic. I just don't decide already. So tell me, um, you know, how do you see the fight with Corey going? As you said, it's been very quick so far. You get rid of people so quickly. Do you think this will be your longest fight in the UFC so far? I hope to show a little bit more of Johnny Walker. And but you know, you never know, man. Fights can happen. Everything, you know, you you can't expect like the right thing or guess something because MMA is crazy. It's unbelievable. Everything can happen. Do you think he's your toughest opponent so far? I think so because the rank, mm. you know, if you was there because you are good. Mm. 
And do you feel like if if you beat him, will you have something special to say to John Jones in front of all the people in New York? Yeah, of course. I will call John Jones after that. Yes. And when do you think it will happen? If everything goes according to plan, you get your hand raised, you beat Corey. How long before you fight Jones? When would be the perfect time for you? Man, just booked for the next week. I will, <laughs> I'll be there. I don't need so much time to train. I'm ready. I trained for this for five years. Five years training. Why I need more time to train more? I'm ready. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Now, you better stop drinking too I don't much Guinness. Know, I don't want to be rude, like, but I'm very confident, you know. I just, I just don't want to be rude, but this is me. I, I like to be like this, and I don't want to be rude, but I believe a lot myself. Do you know you have made such a big impact on the UFC so far? I, I, I don't believe John Jones when he says, you know, he, he doesn't know much about you. You need to be better guys. Do you think he he secretly is looking at you and he knows that you are a serious challenge? Yeah, he knows. He knows already. We are not no enemy. You know, I will be very proud when I fight against him. Against him, you know. The belt, the belt is if when I won him, it's, it's just bonus. But the, the great thing is like the fight against him. I want the fight against him. The belt's just just a bonus, you know. Amazing, amazing, Johnny. Thank you so much for your time today. It has been an absolute pleasure to speak to you. Thank you. I really, I pleasure really is mine. I really can't wait to see this fight against Corey Anderson. And I believe, and everybody in the MMA world will believes it too, if you beat Corey, there is nowhere else. It must be John Jones. I'll be there, my friend. Just give me time. I'll be there. Thank you so much, Johnny. You, and enjoy the rest of your time in Ireland. All right. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye. And fantastic to hear from Ireland's own Johnny Walker. Sonny Man's own. Exactly, well, but um, yeah, seems to like the Guinness anyway, and he was with Johnny Jitsu, who was a Northsider, so I mean, I think he's one of ours, to be honest, I'm mate. sure he's going to have a weird perception of Irish people after that one. <laughs> it looked like they were having a good crack, <laughs> in fairness. Um, yeah, so let's take a look at this weekend's card, uh, UFC Uruguay, um, the, first, first, the first ever, uh, Valentina Shevchenko, I have a feeling... You know, her rematch with Liz Carmouche might go a bit different than their first meeting about 10 years ago, you know? Yeah, back in 2010, as, as we chatted about off-air there a couple of moments ago. But yeah, listen, it's going to be a totally different ball game. I think she's like one of the best fighters in the world at the moment, Valentina Shevchenko. She is. You know? She's unbelievable. And um, I don't really see anywhere in which, uh, you know, maybe if she gets Liz, or maybe if Liz gets her on the deck, th- that's about it. But I don't think she's going to even sniff again on the deck here. I think this is going to be your first, second round TKO stoppage victory. I'm looking for Valentina Shevchenko to go straight through um, and, you know, an ageing Liz Carmouche, the fighter, I don't think um, is the same fighter that we've seen a number of years ago. Obviously, that, you know, um, Nearly push pulling she off got the shock against, against Ronda Rousey. Yeah. Um, very different fighter. And I just think the form she's on, the momentum she has, fighting close as well to home, where she's she's obviously from Kyrgyzstan, but she trains a lot in uh, Peru. Um, so that's, you know, it's, it's a stone throw away from her as well. That's I actually don't her. understand geography even slightly. It, it's so. not far. Um, I'll take your word for it. Um in South America, so I, I'm, you know, I just don't really see any sort of area here um, where Liz Carmouche is going to be able to get her to the deck and, and look for a submission. So yeah, it's Sheva all night, man. Volkan Ozdemir will uh, finally take on Ilara Tippi, of course, that was meant to take on. <laughs> I think Pete just went, yeah, I agree with you. Like, fucking, let's move on. UFC Stockholm. Um, 
Volkan needs a win so badly here. My God. Like, I mean, I know Iller is coming off a loss to Corey Anderson, but not in the same situation as Volkan. Do you get an extra life at light heavyweight, though? Sometimes yeah, I think so. I, I think you do. Yes. I think you do. It's like, you know... Like, as soon as you move beyond middleweight, listen, mate, you have to lose five in a row. Yeah, I, I think it is. But listen, you know, a marketable guy here... Or you have to be BJ Penn. And, and you know, he did have one, you know, sort of dodgy decision. Um, the one in London against... Um, Reyes. Reyes. A lot of people thought that fight went his way. Uh, I wasn't anything hung up about that decision, to be honest. Yeah, I probably did score to Reyes. Um, Latifi, um, a guy we, we obviously know, stole my hurl once here in Dublin. Um, <laughs> if you remember way back in the day, coming off that loss to Corey Anderson, you know, two really good wins before it against Tyson Pedro and OSP. A guy, though, you always sort of go, you know, he, he, he fails when he gets to that sort of top four or five stage. So is Volkan top four or five is what we're going to find out here? That's what I think. Yeah, it's you not know, a bad uh, show. We have to sort of look at both of these guys now. And I think, you know, Volkan really does need to win this. Or it's, you know, you just, you wonder ever since that Jones loss, has there been a little bit of fire pulled out of his guts and his belly? The Cormier loss? It's like a hangover. The a Cormier ma- loss. Yeah, the not- Cormier loss. Sorry, I beg your pardon. It's like a, a massive sort of hangover. You know, you'd often see a soccer team after a World Cup um, international side, you know, plummet for a year or two. And I think that could very well be the case with Volkan Osdemar. Maybe it was a little bit too soon for him to, to get that shot against Corman. He's find it hard to really sort of bounce back up and find what sort of career trajectory he's on. So To be fair to him, he's always taking the hardest fight. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, is 100%. It, like, that's that's one thing I've always said. Like, Jesus, like, he, he's basically like, who is the most difficult fight you can possibly give me in my current situation? That's what it feels yeah, like. But he's look at the names. He, you know, he's, he's, he's taking on a contender there in Reyes. He has no moment. time. It's got no time, man. Yeah. It's unfortunate. It is unfortunate. Poland's um, <laughs> Oscar Bojota, a guy who I'm really impressed by so far, has, fought in ages. has drawn the short straw. He is taking on one of the greatest jiu-jitsu fighters of all time, Mr. Rodolfo Vieira, who will be making his UFC debut. This guy is unbelievable. Like, I mean, if Dylan Dennis wants to think that he's the greatest uh, jiu-jitsu fighter in MMA, he obviously hasn't seen Rodolfo Vieira yet because... You're this... a jiu-jitsu expert. How good is this guy, yeah? Well, I'll tell you, it's not me. I'm shy yeah, at no. jiu-jitsu, but it's like all the people in the jiu-jitsu community that I talk to all the time, like Tom King was telling me, like, he... Rodolfo was blowing my mind with what he's doing there. And we know Tom is... Hugely critical yeah, when it comes to like jiu-jitsu as a second degree black belt. So I mean, um, yeah, I think I think it's a it's a really really tough fight for both guys. But I do feel as though Rodolfo, with his expertise on the ground, if it goes down there, Poichota, who's looked very capable on the ground, will just won't be able to swim with this guy. He just won't be able to. And uh, from what I've seen of Rodolfo's fight uh, fighting so far, he is uh, very good on the feet. Definitely a lot better than I expected him to be. But, um, of course, on the ground, he's just a, a completely different kettle of fish. Nothing that mm. most people would even have in their gym to replicate. You know, they wouldn't have another guy that could possibly do what he could do. So, I think it's going to be a long night for Pujol. Are, are we looking at a guy here? Is it too early? It's probably obviously too early to say, but are we looking at a guy here who's, who's the potential, um, from what you've seen so far, to go right to the very top? Like, I mean, like, I, mean I, think, <laughs> I think the classic jiu-jitsu to MMA... Uh, legend really is Moya so I mean if you can get anywhere near what Moya's done in MMA I think you're doing pretty well for yourself and I do think he's capable of, of, of something similar um, also on the card something I'm really excited about he's one of my 2019 prospects to watch Cyril Gan. he is making his debut against Rafael Pessoa um, Cyril Gan is only 3-0 and he was a champion with TKO in Canada before he was signed and he is from um, 
what's it called? The the Fight Factory in Paris? Is that what it's called? Yeah. The something factory? Yeah. Uh, MMA factory? What's it called? I think it's the MMA or Fight Factory. Yeah, yeah. With another friend, Fernand Lopez, a man who brought another guy to the UFC, another heavyweight, someone you might have heard of, Mr. Francis Ngannou. Imagine, I would pay wild money to just watch them two sparring. Cyril Gann was a, like a, a Muay Thai champion before he came to mm. MMA, so he is just obliterating people. I think he's 3-0 now, as far as I know, but um, I expect this guy to make huge waves at heavyweight, because as we know, when you win a heavyweight, you take massive jumps, you know? Speaking of Francis Ngannou, he posted a picture today on Instagram, I don't know if you saw it with his grandfather. His grandfather was a second degree Dan black belt in karate, Jesus. and um, a brown belt in judo, so there you go. Wow. Yeah. That's cool really photo. impressive. Yeah, very cool photo. Two very different uh, yeah. martial arts as well. Yeah. yeah, two very different styles between himself and his grandfather. But it was a scary sight all the same. If you want a nightmare tonight, go ahead and have a look at uh, Big Franny, our Dublin zone. <laughs> yes, yes indeed. There we go. But uh, looking forward to that. Mm, uh, Gilbert Burns, you reminded me, is actually going to be going up to 170 for the first time. Jorinho. Um, he's gonna be take. He's gonna be trying to put the first blemish on uh, M1 Global Champion Alexi Konchenko's twenty and zero record. So certainly not an easy out for your first time at welterweight, yeah. you'd have to say. But do you think uh, moving up is gonna serve him very well? Yeah, he man, he had tough, tough problems making one hundred and fifty five pounds. Right. Um, you know, he pulled out of a lot of fights as well. I think, you know, Paul Felder was supposed to fight him at one point, I remember, if I'm not mistaken. That's correct, yeah. Um, he pulled out of that. I think Norman Park as well at one point in his UFC tenure um, was supposed to fight him. A lot of cancel bouts. And, you know, maybe that was something down to the way he cut. Um, it was always sort of pretty close, um, you know, two weeks out, three weeks out from a fight that he pulled out. Because, you know, I remember Paul couldn't get that fight rebook so yeah listen I'm glad to see that a, a number of guys are actually making this move we, we, you know we look at the results we've seen from Michael Chiesa since he moved to 170 True. pounds there's a lot of comparisons there's a lot of good comparisons these days and I think you know as much as we do slate the weight cutting and the whole process of it we actually have seen a huge amount of fighters um, obviously the roster is huge in the UFC but we've seen a lot of guys actually move weight classes which I think is an encouraging thing for the future to try and get away from this uh, wrestling culture of weight cutting yes um that's all the Europeans that are in action on the night. Is there anything else jumping out at you? I have to say, I like that Luke V. Perry fight. Yeah, I always like uh, Vicente Luque, uh, watching him throw down. He's a, he's a tough dude, and he's a, he's a killer. He's some power in those hands, and obviously very good in the deck as well. So, looking yeah, looking forward to that. Um, nothing really sort of sticking out. I'm kind of looking forward to this, uh, seeing this Uruguayan guy, just to see what kind of reaction he gets from the, the fans, if it's going to be big. Does yeah, it I'm feel like... F- I'm looking forward to seeing... Have they been starved of this moment, you know? Seeing, like, you know, what the you know atmosphere is like in yeah. the arena really from the get-go so it's, it's usually really exciting when they go to a place where and, and, and Uruguay it's a small little country as well they're the type of country to get behind their guys so yeah I think we could be in for a very very loud and um, hostile atmosphere in uh, Montevideo I believe the capital of Uruguay is on Saturday night Peter yeah well I think that's all of the talking <laughs> points we have I don't know how big Uruguay is because again my uh, I geography it, okay, right, I, I, right, I, I, haven't, I haven't googled nothing right? right I think it is right we'll google it for the crack I think it is Guilherme Cruz listening to this pulling his hair out I think it's three, 3 million I think wow I think it is here we go I'm just oh, getting it up come now. on Noel come on come on let's see if it is 3.457 million. See? There you go. Private school people aren't stupid as fuck. Well yeah, done, though. Thanks, buddy. Um, <laughs> yeah, listen, the only bad thing they ever uh, they produced from their sewers was Luis Suarez. Um, they also produced Diego Forlan, though. Yeah, he came from Uruguay. He made the scouses cry. Diego. Oh, oh, oh. There you go. Any but, opportunity he gets, he will take shots at Liverpool. <laughs> 
Yeah, uh, yeah no, I won't say that. All right, but no, I'm looking. I'm looking forward to, uh, to to seeing the crowd probably more than anything. Yeah. Um, well, Shevchenko, I love watching Shevchenko yeah, yeah, butcher it's, people. Listen, it's not a great card. It, it's it's very much sort of up and coming card. Listen, Tisha Torres always brings. She's in the card against Mariana Rodriguez. That should be a decent fight as well. So, yeah. Li- listen, moving on. It's one of those ones. I just think it's going to be used as a filler to try and poke their heads in a new market. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I can't believe I've somehow managed to get through this podcast. My voice is absolutely fucked. Can um, we just mention Eddie Alvarez from, from one championship last weekend? Um, yeah, Europe's own Eddie Alvarez. Yeah, yeah. Europe's own. No, I just want to no, get your thoughts on You know, I don't, I don't know if you saw the, the did, finish, yeah. but man, the guy takes some damage and it's, to come back again is yeah. just phenomenal. Glad really to see was. the damage to the leg rather than the head this yeah, time, though. Yeah, no, that was good. But, man, the guy shows serious bloody resolve. Demetrius Johnson struggled, to be honest Badly. with you. No, but this is a reoccurring th- team. Why, why, like, I feel like one are nearly setting up these UFCs for a downfall, so they look like they're the best. Yeah, they're certainly not. We always had this talent pool, and it's like, what's going on here? And once again, you look kind of smaller than them, and you're going, like, what, what do they know how to game the system, and these guys don't? You know what I think it is? I think it's a motivational factor from these fighters. I think they're finding it, and, you know, Eddie even alluded to, he found, you know, and Eddie's a guy who's fought in Japan before, when he lost um, to, what's the guy's name, I can't pronounce his bloody name, um, in, in, in his, his debut, um, when he lost the fight, Eddie came out and said, you know, it was just a little bit strange, the whole, you know, build up to the week and what went on and you know, the crowd being quiet. And obviously it is quiet in Japan where he made his debut, but that was obviously in the Philippines the weekend. And you just wonder sometimes with, you know, the show, you know, everything that's going on, you know, what is the angle? Do they really give a shit about the belt? Are they there for the money? Um, Do you know what killed Moibo is? Putting on the striking fight after like two of the greatest yeah, fighters who ever lived. City. Like, get the Muay Thai away from it. Keep it for, for a different day. Or else just put on the undercard yeah. when nobody's watching anyway. It's totally agree. You know? Totally agree. Like, that's what my, my, uh, we were watching it in a bar over there and like my friends were stuck into it when Alvarez was on, stuck mm. into it when Demetrius was on and then they put on, and you know, credit to, uh, I think it was Hegarty or something, the guy's name yeah, was from yeah, the UK. Right. Yeah, fair play to him. He's brilliant. But, it, it's just changing it too much for the Western audience. It's very difficult to do. Totally. It ruins the dynamic, the flow of the show. Even watching, I agree with you. I went for a shower, I think, when Hegarty was on. I'm not even lying. I had my laptop out the front, yeah. streaming it off my phone. Um, yeah, it, it really sort of fucked up the momentum of it. But listen. Um, I, Alan I, I, Phil put an action on Tuesday, actually, right. on that yeah, Warrior uh, contempt, series. The Warrior series, yeah. So, yeah, so that's, that's one to look out for. should um, check out his interview with uh, Andy Stevenson over there in Severo MMA. Yeah. Uh, didn't pull any punches as usual, Al Allen. Never, ah, never, sure. af- never afraid to do so. Yeah, listen, Alan's a lad who who, who likes to, to <laughs> he likes to swing from the waist. That's that's it. Listen, and you, you got to respect that, and I think we do it as well. So we can't really say much a lot of the time. So listen, it, it's the way to be, and I think you know um, Alan's the kind of kid that's been around so long that you you know you're always expecting something from Alan. Hopefully, you know after that loss, the last time out that he can that wasn't last time he's back. won since then. Oh, he's won since then. He's the one last, on one sorry, so far in Warrior Series. So hopefully he can get a you know get 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 winning and get a bit of momentum behind him because he's a talented talented kid. You know, very very yeah. good fighter. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. So as I was saying, um, very difficult to get through this. Um, I'm sure all you my. You sound f- wonderful, though, Pete. Oh, I sound like shite, but I'm sure all the uh, the lads will love to uh, hear me talking so desperately after that weekend. So big thanks to Tomo, Al, the Stag himself, Hingo, Paul, Top Gun, Steve, Sans, Collie, Jack, and Mark for a marvelous weekend full of intoxication and hilarity. And you missed me as well. You weren't there. 
Yeah, I mean, I showed him the voicemails where he called them scumbags, and I think <laughs> it, it's changed. They've changed their tune considerably. Uh, they, uh, they only know I'm only joking. No, one of them was sharpening knives and oh, shit okay. and saying, let's, let's try and kill this prick. Nah. And I was like, no, he's all right. He's nah. all right. And he's like, no, that's the end of it. I'm going to fucking shank him. <laughs> I was like, all right, look, well, keep me out of it. I don't want, don't want anything to do with this. All right, but, um, lovely bunch. Another thing I wanted to thank everybody for was the reviews on iTunes. I didn't even know they were there. I haven't seen them at all. Yeah, but I didn't know they were there. What I was doing was I was trying to get MMA fighting up on iTunes so I could download a podcast for when I was going. And um, when I saw it there, it was the top three, uh, the newest three reviews were for Eurobash. And love that shit, boys. We didn't even ask you to do that and you're doing it. So thank you so much. I think when we asked you to do it last time, it was blocked. It, so let's just, okay. No, so- it was blocked. And, um, it's been difficult. We've had a lot of uh, recent departures, but we've been um, we've been fighting away, and we've been still giving you all the best content we have. Um, you know, MMA Fighting has produced a conveyor belt of talent over the last decade, um, and we're we're going to be doing it. We're going to fulfill um, the kind of the roles that all these people had before, and it's not like we don't get on with them. Some of my best friends have left the site, and of course, I want them to do brilliant as well with their careers. They're excellent people, but. Um, it's up to you to be on the right side of history, you know. Don't come out here, oh, what's this? Where's where's Ariel? Where's Mark and where's Sean? These guys aren't the same. Be on the right side of history. That's it. We're the greatest, all right? It's going to happen for us, so stop bullshit. Even the <laughs> even the A-side, like Jose's savage at that, man. He's savage he at that. Good. You just have he people moaning, pissing and moaning. These are just such complaining fucks sometimes. It's the MMA fans. It is. It's just... It's just part of it. But we love you. We know the Eurobash people are down. We know you are the most diehard. We know there's no casuals on here. So we really appreciate that. It really did. Um, it made my day when I saw all that shit. So um, I, got a me- I got a message as well for, for, for uh, on behalf of, uh, of, the, of the podcast as well. Owen Hennerman, I think it was, sent me a message. Thank you so much. And it was really nice. Um, I think he's, he's in Canada. So appreciate that, brother. Yeah, thanks Shout so much, out. man. Really, really. It means a lot, lads. It does, it really does. And, you know, you just keep on being the best fans out there. You the Euro bashers keep on leading by example. And eventually the rest of them will get the message. But you'll say, listen, man, I've been saying it for fucking years. I think Pete's still fucking drunk from a stag, lads. I am not. I wish I was, to be honest. <laughs> I could actually speak properly. That's but what you should do tonight to get some sleep. You should go for a couple no, of cure- I'm not drink- cures. I have to go to a wedding on Saturday and then another wedding next Friday Saturday. Friday. I am not drinking. I am no way. No, but I'll tell you why. You should have three points of Guinness because you sleep well tonight. And this is why Noel's an alcoholic. But anything you have um, left to say, Harry, Harry Maguire, oh, or whatever his name is. Harry is that his Maguire. name? Yeah? yeah, do you know the song? No, you were telling he me it's good. He drinks the but vodka, no. he drinks the Jaeger, his head's fucking massive. So, <laughs> Maguire, yeah, listen, good signing, good player, massive heads. Massive transfer fee. Not liking the transfer fee, but listen, football is a lot of bollocks these days. They're all mercenaries. So, so what was it? Eighty million, right? Yeah. So it probably you probably would have been happy if it was like sixty-five, right? Nah, really? I, I'd slice that in half. Uh, I don't. I Forty. Really, yeah, it's it's because he's English, and it's because you know Manchester United in the, in the Europa League. You know, clubs are putting up exuberant prices. But then we paid fifty million for a lad that I've never even heard before. Juan Basaka, yeah. Who the fuck is he? Yeah, like? exactly. well, that's what I'm saying to you. Yeah, the guy's probably worth half that. There you go. Harry yeah. Maguire's worth half that. But the, the the market's gone insane. But I do think United will be a lot better than uh, people are, you know, perceiving them to be ahead of the season, uh, which obviously kicks off next weekend. So listen, I think you know, get one or two more players in this week. You know, Harry Maguire's now. He is a very good player. Don't get me wrong. Um, I think they could uh, be an outside show for the, for the title, and I think Ollie's first full preseason as well. Bit more fitness, and you know. But like, I mean, if we're actually going to sign a really good player, it's going to cost us 
mil, like probably a billion now because we paid. If you're telling me he's not good and we're paying eighty million, I'm not saying he's not good. He's a very good player. But eighty million is just extraordinary amount of money paid for a player like Harry Maguire's quality. I was actually going to start watching football again because I thought we were going to get a good player, but it turns out that's a lot of bollocks as well. Uh-huh. Well, we'll see. That's not dead in the water yet, according to the Italian media. Listen, don't I won't have the Italian people disrespected. <laughs> all right, I'm big friends with the Italian people. No, I'm saying the Italian. I'm saying the Italian. I have a lot of Italian friends. Apologies to Santavini family. Fabio Binda, my my boy from Brescia. There you go. There you go. There you go. But uh, listen, I'm basically running on fumes now. I'm gonna have to uh, end this bad boy. Thanks to Jack Hermanson. Thanks to Johnny Walker. Thanks to all you beautiful people for listening. Thank you to Noel McGrath. Boom. And thank you to the people of Prague for not arresting me. <laughs> Love you all very much. Hopefully, I'll be able to talk next week. Anything, any parting remarks from you, Noel? Um, yeah, uh, no. <laughs> all right, here's a big kiss. Mwah. Give him one, Noel. We're gone. <laughs>